0: rant. My name is Jeff Radcliffe and it is Monday, August 16th. Fantasy football draft season is in full effing swing. And a huge shout out to, well, everybody who showed up in Canton. Wow. There were a lot of people there who aren't in the fantasy industry. So just a lot of people coming to hang out saying hello. Uh, appreciate you guys, man. That was a lot of fun on Saturday. I enjoyed uh, having a few adult beverages, playing some cornhole, and just generally talking some football with people. That was really awesome. Uh, The industry continues to get better and better and better. So shout out to everybody. If you were there, you know who you are. I see you. But let's dive into it. I want to give you one key takeaway from every preseason game this past weekend. Uh, not going to go too deep here, but I do think that we, well, we have some things that we need to adjust a little bit. We're not going to overreact. We should just simply react to what we saw. Don't do that thing that Bush League fantasy football players do and overreact. Let's just react to these bad boys, all right? So we'll start with Carolina and Indianapolis. I will tell you this, Terrace Marshall is the real deal. Now, he is not going to be the number one target or the number two target on this offense, but he could be the number three target out of the wideouts, Christian McCaffrey's going to get his share in this one too. But he could be the number three, and he could certainly have some big games. He already showed it—the catch and run. Like, sure, he didn't—you know—he didn't break away and and run for a touchdown on uh, the catch and run. But he still showed some big play upside, and he's going to get on the field. So, Terrace Marshall Jr. is a guy who I'm going to target in the late rounds. We did not really see many players in this one. Uh, But definitely digging Terrace Marshall. Chuber Hubbard, by the way, also looks like he's a legit uh, handcuff. Los Angeles against Los Angeles. Not a ton in this one, to be honest with you. Uh, But I I guess you could say it's fairly safe at this point that Xavier Jones kind of locked into that number two spot. It's going to be a lot of Daryl Henderson. In fact, I actually moved Daryl Henderson up just a tick. I had him initially at 21 after everything went down. I am up at 16 now. And the reason for it is sure, you know, you're not going to see him in the preseason. Sure, there's injury concerns, but literally it's him and then everybody else. The only thing we have to be concerned with is if somebody does get cut and then the Rams sign that somebody. Because I don't think they're going to sign a veteran. I don't think we're going to see Adrian Peterson or Duke Johnson or somebody like that come in there. It would literally have to be like a four net surprise like we had last year for them to bring somebody in. Otherwise, it's going to be Henderson. So. Jones locked in. Henderson in a pretty good spot, though, well ahead of Jones. Seattle, Raiders. Right well, we didn't really see much of anything in this one. This is like a throwaway, but I tell you what, one very interesting thing, we know that in the preseason, well, the good players don't play. Brian Edwards didn't play. Just going to toss that out there, just leaving it you know, on the ledge for everybody to look at. Uh, Edwards is going to take a step forward this year, and he is definitely a guy I am targeting in the late rounds. In fact, I grabbed him over the weekend uh in uh one of the drafts that I had. I had three drafts this weekend, grabbed him in one of those because definitely won some shares of Brian Edwards. I dig him. Kansas City, San Francisco. Well, obviously, you know who I'm gonna talk about here. Trey Lance was very much a rookie, very much in his first uh game as a professional. He made some spectacular plays. He also looked like a rookie, and he made some big-time mistakes. The box score makes it look pretty good. you know. Well, I guess 5 for 14 doesn't look great, but there were four drops. Uh, He pushed the ball downfield. He had the long touchdown, uh, but he also made some mistakes as well. I don't want to anoint him just yet, but here's the thing. If you're going to draft Trey Lance, you're not drafting him for week one. You might not be drafting him for week two or whatever. You're not drafting him for freaking September. That's the point. You're drafting him for December and, and hopefully January if it play fantasy football in week 17. That means you made your fantasy championship game. So you're going to probably have to be a tad aggressive. I, I've moved him up. He's at 16 now. I'd be willing to draft him as early as, like, say, the 14th quarterback off the board. I know that's aggressive. But at the same time, all those guys are right in the same range for me. And it's a ceiling play with Trey Lance. And I don't think that it was too poor. Even though he made mistakes like a rookie would, I don't know. There's a lot of juice there. Houston and Green Bay, this is another one where there really wasn't much. You know, you didn't have the big name guys. But I will say this. If David Johnson was basically close to undraftable last week, he is now officially undraftable. David Johnson could be the third down back on the Houston Texans. With Philip Lindsay is the early down, and no, 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 please no. I am not saying we're targeting Philip Lindsay because I don't want an early down only back a two-down guy on a team that does not look like they're going to be very good. Just saying. So, yeah, David Johnson, just leave him. I know he's going to look like a great value in the 13th round. Just leave him, trust me. Uh, the ceiling is capped on both of those dudes. New Orleans and Baltimore. Marquise Calloway, it's, the, the breakout looks like it's a real thing it does he is taking full advantage of his opportunities here Uh, Michael Thomas does though look like he'll be back sooner rather than later and he seems to have mended fences with Sean Payton so I would expect Thomas back earlier than you know than him being popped he may miss a game or two I the the recovery supposedly is going really well and the relationship is good now so Callaway could be the number two but the number two still gonna have value in this offense like Callaway may have put some distance between himself and Traquan Smith. So just keep that in mind. Callaway continues to move up boards. I'm seeing him go as early as round nine at this point. Uh, so there is that. By the way, I'm not going to overreact to Troutman just yet, but we do need to react. I mean, he did not see a target in this one, despite playing 15 snaps. Uh, Cleveland, Jacksonville. Uh, this one, another one where, you know, there are there aren't a lot of big takeaways, but I will tell you this. We have a committee. In the Jacksonville backfield, James Robinson played, Travis Etienne played, Carlos Hyde played all early in that game. We could see a full-blown committee, so just be careful. I'm continuing to be pessimistic on James Robinson. Obviously, Hyde's not in the conversation. I like Etienne because of the pass-catching ability, but it's still, you know, it's it's definitely a risk-reward back-end RB two pick with Etienne. All right, that gets us up through the first several games here. Up next on my list, I do have the New York football giants against the Jets. A little New York versus New York. Uh, we will take a look at the big takeaway there, and I like this one after the break. G-Men versus the Jets. Corey Davis, okay? Corey Davis. Corey Davis played nine snaps, had four targets. Caught two of them for 18 yards. I don't care about that. Four targets and nine snaps, okay? If you played a full complement of snaps, that's uh, that's pretty hefty on a game. That's like 30 targets. I know it's not going to have been like that, but Corey Davis, that's the point. You can get Corey Davis really cheap, and he's going to be the number one receiver for this team. I would much rather him over Jamison Crowder, for example, and he is basically locked in. So I am there with Corey Davis. I'm targeting him as much as I can. Cincinnati Bengals, Tampa Bay, Buccaneers. We actually saw a lot of uh, the big namers here, but really for only like a series. Uh, We saw, you know, Fournette out there, just two snaps. We saw Mike Evans for six snaps, Chris Godwin, six snaps, AB for four. Same with Higgins, Chase, Boyd, actually the same exact ratio for those guys. But here's the thing. I do think that we are going to continue to see a committee in that backfield. I do think that Leonard Fournette in the ninth or tenth round, which is basically where you can get him, makes sense. I'm not drafting him any earlier than that. I've I've planted my flag on him, not Ronald Jones, but we're going to see both of them, and we're going to see Giovanni Bernard. So if you roll into the season fully expecting to use Fournette as an RB two, I don't think it's going to happen. But I don't want to rule out uh, him. You know, maybe separating himself as the lead back. That's where I am on it. So he's he's perfectly valued where he's going. I think that's what this game told us. And it is a full-blown committee. Broncos, Vikings, not really much on the Vikings side. I mean, we did see a lot of Kellen Mond in this one, but wow. I mean, what Broncos do, what do you want me to talk about? KJ Hamler is showing upside. He's a late-round guy. Uh, Jerry Judy looked freaking awesome in this game. And, and Javante Williams looked pretty solid, too. The point, I guess, if I had to have one big takeaway, this Broncos offense is pretty good. And this Broncos defense, which had a pick six with the rookie Patrick Sertan, is pretty good. They are one quarterback away from being very good. And is that quarterback Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater? I don't know. But I still want to get some Broncos on my roster. I want to get Judy if I can. I want to get Javante Williams if I can. Heck, I'll throw a late-round dart at KJ Hamler. We didn't see Cortland Sutton, but I would take him too. Noah Fant, sure. I want pieces to this offense. Miami and the Bears. Obviously, this one was one of the bigger takeaways from all of the first uh, week of the preseason. Miles Gaskin is pretty much a second-string back as of right now out snapped by Malcolm Brown, 16-7, to and that isn't uh, Malcolm Brown came in in the second half and played 16 snaps. That was uh, Malcolm Brown uh, was the lead back. I mean, Gaskin did play with the ones, but, you know, it was Brown, and it was kind of clearly Brown. And normally, like, so if this was a quarterback situation, I'd say, well, whatever, we'll see what happens next week, like Locke and, and Teddy. But this isn't a quarterback situation, and sometimes the depth charts, they may not be clear before the game itself, but when the game unfolds, you kind of see the depth chart. The fact that Miles Gaskin played, that he wasn't sitting out, the fact that he was essentially behind Malcolm Brown is definitely a cause for at least some panic. Like If I have Miles Gaskin as a keeper option right now, I can't keep this dude. And I'm not saying we move Malcolm Brown up dramatically, but as of right now, we are definitely going to keep a very close eye on what they do in the second preseason game. That one's a big one right there. Dallas and the Cardinals Rondale Moore. Now, of course, the Stars didn't play in this one. No D hop. AJ Green was on the sideline as well, along with Kyler Murray. But in six snaps, Rondale Moore was targeted four times. Three catches for 23 yards. They were manufacturing ways to get the ball in his hands. He was targeted four times and he had two carries. So every time he was on the field, they wanted to get the football in his hands. That's awesome. Now, granted, he does have maybe a little bit of a barrier to playing time if Christian Kirk is in fact the starting slot, but psh, Rondale Moore. That's all I'm saying. I, I like what we saw on the Dallas side, but, you know, Rondale Moore. That's the big one for me from that game. Buffalo and Detroit. Uh, well, we saw a lot of Jamal Williams in this one, first and foremost. Jamal Williams played 22 snaps. Uh, in this one, so we shall see uh, what that ultimately means, but um, I think probably the bigger one here is that, you know, even though we saw some Amon Ross, St. Brown, Tyrell Williams, etc., I, I don't want any piece of the Lions passing game if I can get away with it. Now, I did draft Amon Ross, St. Brown in a 14-team league, so it's a deeper league, but generally speaking, if, if I if I'll take I'll take TJ Hawkinson. Let's be clear about that. I say passing game. I mean wide receivers. I'll take TJ Hawkinson all day long, but I don't want any piece of these wideouts. and nothing that I saw in the first preseason game kind of changed my take on that. Tennessee and Atlanta uh, sinks because Darrington Evans had some momentum and he got banged up in this one. We don't know how serious that one is, too. But regardless, uh, we'll keep keep an eye on it. Uh, as of now, it's hard to get behind drafting him. But here's a player who, um, basically, I, I hope even he isn't even on your boards in deep leagues. It's Javian Hawkins. Uh, he, despite no Mike Davis, despite no Quadri Olison, I mean. He was way down the depth chart. He wasn't even in with the ones. So just something to note there. It's a cool story, but you know we're not going to find the next James Robinson with him. Uh, Washington football team, New England Patriots. So we'll go all the way back to the first two games here. And I thought Mac Jones looked really good. I thought Mac Jones looked really good in this one. Uh, I also thought Damian Harris looked really good. So I, I do think that if you're punting... Running backs in the in the running back dead zone rounds two to like five, and you want to attack running back in the middle rounds. Damian Harris has to be a target uh, at this point. Uh, oh, that was a pretty fun game. Finally, we have the Eagles, as my Philadelphia friends call them, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. So many different directions to go in here, uh, but I I think probably. I should address Quez Watkins because, I mean, uh, you know, we I think we know what the Steelers receivers are at this point. And yes, Chase Claypool looked awesome. Uh, you know, you had, you know, Johnson Juju out there, etc. But on the on the Philly side, Rager did play, but you didn't have Devonte Smith in this one. And so Quez Watkins obviously was the star of the game. He had the 79 yard touchdown uh, and, you know, basically made Joe Flacco look awesome in the process. But I'm being asked, like, is he now a late-round target? And the answer to the question is no as of this point because we don't exactly know what three-wide looks like for this team with Smith on the field. We should get a sense soon he's now day-to-day. So I would assume that it is Smith and Rager, and then the question is, is it Greg Ward? Is it Quez Watkins? Is it Travis Fulgham? I don't know the answer yet, but I'm not drafting. Like, for example, this weekend, I'm probably not – you know, I wouldn't have Quez Watkins even as a late-round guy. Uh, I I think the reaction to Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, is a little overblown because Dallas Goddard looked pretty nasty on that catch. And people are kind of now all of a sudden like poo-pooing him. I wouldn't go that far. So there you go. Reactions from every single preseason game right there. Uh, We continue on this week because it's fantasy football draft season, baby. At Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram. You can slide into those Instagram DMs. I see you guys there. And uh, ftnfantasy.com. Go check it out. Uh, Just updated projections right before I recorded this podcast. Promo code RADPACK. All right, I'll catch you on the flip side for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out.